0: Ghosting isn't a new thing for us. We've been ghosted multiple times and it feels awful. But you know when it hurts the most? When recruiters do it. Finding a job is already hard in today's tough job market. And when you don't hear back from a recruiter, it makes you doubt yourself and sometimes gets you really mad. If it happens once, okay, we let it slide. But let's be real. During a job hunt, we face it more than a few times sometimes even from companies we really want to work for. We can't control what recruiters do, but we can control how we react. That's why we've got Vikas Tua in this episode. He's the head of people at Weber sandwick He's an author for the book HR In My Heart, a TEDx speaker who has worked in different industries from hotels to public relations and has helped out more than 120,000 people to build their careers. from transitioning dilemmas like quitting
1: or switching your job to the dreaded career breaks
0: from make or break situations like negotiating ctcs or handling feedback between peers
1: to people-related complexities like handling a difficult manager or a toxic work environment workwise we cover it all
0: hi welcome to workwise with Nokri, a show to help you work better and accelerate your career Let's welcome Vikas.
1: Pleasure being here today. Thank you so much, Meera, for having me.
0: Thank you, Vikas. How about you tell us what is considered ghosting and what is not?
1: Sure. So ghosting is an interesting concept. Whenever a recruiter sort of breaks off contact with the candidate midway through the selection process, that's essentially what is ghosting. So ghosting is not if you send across your CV as a candidate to a recruiter and you don't hear back at all. It's somewhere later down in the selection process. It could be after the phone screening, it could be after a couple of assessments, it could be after a few rounds of interviews as well. Anywhere between the initial touch point to the final decision of your rejection or selection. Uh if there's any disappearance from the recruiter's end, that's essentially what is ghosting.
0: So how would you give us a picture of what are the reasons why we get ghosted when we
1: So I'm possibly going to be hated on by the TA folks Mm -hmm. for calling this out. But yeah, it's highly prevalent and there are a lot of reasons for it. Uh, The three top reasons that I have experienced in my career, and I've seen it happen across industries, across different recruitment teams, are really these. uh, One is the fact that there's just a sheer high volume of applications that come in for every job that you post. And uh, it's visible on any job post that you see in any social platform or any job portal. Moment you post a job as an organization, within hours you're likely to get hit by hundreds of CVs. Now it's impossible for a recruiter to kind of uh, touch base with each one of those candidates, take them through the process, and keep updating them at each stage. It's just impossible, really, to be honest. And in that sense, I empathize with the recruitment uh, folks. The second reason to my mind is really when hiring managers don't give clear feedback to the recruiters themselves.
0: Ah, okay. They don't have information pass forwards. Exactly. So like, wow. Yes. And.
1: You know, we've often heard uh, this very crazy statement which um, many hiring managers make, which is Mazani aaya." And if a recruiter can't understand that, there's no way he or she can make the candidate understand that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the number two reason uh, for boosting. And the third is a reason which is more linked to our cultural context. I feel that in India, especially, you know, we are not attuned as individuals to give uh, negative feedback or bad news. We are always very uh, you know conscious about the same we want to tiptoe around that negative ma- matter or decision and therefore when a candidate is selected we are more than happy to pick up the phone call the candidate congratulate join in the joy but uh, god forbid if a candidate is rejected then we want to kind of shy away and uh, stay out of that conversation so that's third big reason in my mind and in fact one of the things one could actually do is also uh, and reduce the number of uh, you know options that you're applying for, opportunities you're applying for. Because, again, you're sort of attracting, I would say in a sense, uh, more pain, more ghosting, by just shooting your CV in the dark. So,
0: help me understand this. I understand we're working with professional organizations, engine, MNCs. Now, every organization will have their protocols, certain processes in place. I understand that they say, we don't have the time to get back to them. But are they missing an essential step that was a part of the protocol in the organization? Was it a part of their process and they're missing it? Doesn't it come under the scanner in just internally within an organization that, hey, this is a human element. How can you miss this? Why would you keep somebody hanging?
1: Sure. No, great question, Mira. In fact, yes, you're right. It's part of every standard SOP for recruitment. And uh, essentially, ideally, in an ideal world, every recruiter should be closing that loop. Unfortunately, again, comes down to the same point which I brought in earlier, which is the sheer volume of transactions involved. And unless you have a very strong automated system to take care of this, where uh, the manager's feedback is being captured on a system and that system is kind of uh, pushing that out forward to the candidate uh, automatically, uh, there's just no way you can crack this because, again, uh, let's understand one thing. Uh, whenever a conversation is happening, and most of these recruitment conversations will happen telephonically or via uh, video conferencing tools. It's uh, difficult to kind of note what has happened, how many of these conversations have ha- happened and keep a track record of them. So, unless there's a very high degree of automation, this problem ain't going away soon.
0: Right. What is your advice for those who um, are facing this experience of being hosted not once but twice but three, four times? What is your recommendation for them what is the key message they're missing
1: so so mira i think the only way to kind of uh curtail this i don't know if one can stop it uh, 100% but at least as a candidate what i would advise someone to do is to reach out proactively when you establish contact with the recruiter and ask uh, uh, direct questions in terms of uh, you know how long the process is likely to take uh, how and when uh, the candidate can expect feedback in what form and if uh, the candidate can also, uh, you know, ask the recruiter whether he or she can reach out, and in what format would that be preferred. So what ends up happening is that somewhere you're by asking the recruiter, getting the recruitment to, recruiter to commit to a timeline, you're kind of also giving them a boundary which they somewhere also psychologically need to, uh, you know, kind of uh, adhere to, rather than just a loose-ended uh, "we'll get back to you" kind of uh, statement. So. That's the only way you can try and put some additional pressure, if you will, Mm -hmm. onto the recruiter to kind of ensure that, uh, you know, you're kept apprised about uh, the various uh, stages of the recruitment process and how it's turning out.
0: Mm -hmm. I like what you're saying. Be upfront in your expectation. Correct. So this reminds me of one of my friends. And I overheard him speak to one of the recruiters saying, hey, thank you for reaching out. And um, I understand this is our first conversation. So I just want to let you know that I'm speaking with two other people. And um, I will want to actively keep you posted about if something comes up and I might sign up. I keep you posted on the floor. Similarly, could you let me know where I sit into the pipeline and what are the chances of me getting in? Um, that the open communication allows both of us to just make sure we're not wasting anyone's time. This seemed to be like, now I realize it's probably scripted in his head because he's so used to saying it. And I sense that he was speaking from a space of no pressure.
1: So, uh, Mira, I think in this particular case, one thing really stands out is I think the maturity level of uh, your friend, the candidate in this scenario. Uh, 90% of the time, however, that's not really the case because most uh, job hunters are kind of applying and looking for jobs from a position of insecurity of how they have a pressure which is at the back of their heads, which is making them very so-called desperate for the job. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it's a slightly like elevated plane which is very difficult to reach.
0: So Vikas, when you're speaking to me, I completely hear the side of the recruiters and what they're going through, and because of the reasons which they are unable to get back to people professionally, saying, "Hey, you know, this doesn't fit us," or hey, we haven't reached decision yet for whatever reason." Let's look at the other side. If people seeking employment continue to experience ghosting, and let's consider they're doing quite a few things right—they are applying to the right places, they filtered it out well, they're doing at least six out of ten things are going right. And yet they experience a certain ghosting. What do you think if this continues to happen will be an impact on them, on how industries work? What's your
1: view? Probably anything. Uh, it's definitely not a positive uh, outcome uh, of the recruitment process about what is essentially, you know, uh, in a sense a corporate marriage. But uh, the fact is that over time, what ends up happening is that Somewhere, candidates can get uh, mentally, uh, you know, I would say hurt as well because there is a feeling of being undervalued, of not being respected, not being worthy enough, of being even told what went wrong. And that's something that I think every company official should take great care or pains to avoid happening. Uh, After all, a job interview process uh, is a very high anxiety process for most candidates. There's a lot of work that happens putting together an application. Then preparing for interviews, you know, making sure that everything is perfect, all the boxes are ticked and so on. So not to get to know about the outcome at the end of it, even if uh, it hasn't gone well, it just feels disheartening, right? So I think from a candidate's perspective, what they really need to is to, you know, treat it as a professional gap in a sense, uh, execution gap from the end of the organization not take it personally because it's never personal. It's always about, like I shared a few reasons for the scenario happening, it's always due to some procedural lapses or technical challenges faced at the end of the recruitment team. So as long as you can mentally convince yourself that, hey, it's not personal, I think you can be in a space where you start looking at and moving forward. Now, that begs the next question as to what do I improve because what did I do wrong? trying to really get into, uh, again, analyzing what is the job description, how many uh, pointers on your CV mapped to it, uh, how did you frame your questions, how did that interview go, what was the sense in the room. You just try and, you know, assimilate all of that together into one big coherent whole and try and figure out, okay, maybe this was an opportunity area and next time I'll try and not do the same or I'll try and improve it in this manner. Uh, and also, maybe like we discussed, maybe take guidance of two folks who know us at a deeper level and see uh, what could be potential uh, red flags or opportunity areas for us. If we work in this kind of structured way, I think uh, it's an opportunity for candidates to look ahead and move on to the next uh, uh, because there's something out there, like I said.
0: Right, right, absolutely. So let's work through some scenarios and I'd like to hear your you know, response on how to handle these scenarios. Um, We've had one conversation with the recruiter. Let's consider the recruiter reached out, and there's no interview as yet. The recruiter shared the requirement and said, "Okay, let me set up an interview for okay. you." No timeline ke- given, and now they haven't heard back in a week. What do we do there?
1: So I firmly believe that I somewhere the uh, email communication mode is probably preferred in such scenarios. It's professional. It keeps it uh, you know uh, procedural also in a sense. And a simple note, inquiring about the same after building in a little bit of context should suffice. Uh, uh, again, one could wait for at least three, four working days before sending a follow-up mail, requesting for uh, you know further clarity if need be. Uh, and a maximum of three attempts or three follow-ups to kind of uh, hear back from the recruitment uh, recruiter. Uh, if one hasn't heard back by then, chances uh, are there are the only two possible reasons. One is that per candidate is not being selected. One has not been selected. Or the second is that the role has gone, to, gone into a limbo and right. it's hibernating for some time. There's no clarity within the organization in terms of how it's likely to uh, pan out, at least in the near future. Right. So, a recruiter doesn't have anything to really share and come back to the candidate. Right. So, maximum of three attempts with a gap of at least three to four working days in between, preferably via email now uh, in the rare case that you want to maybe whatsapp because the recruiter did call you so you have the number again a very formal sounding message with a clear uh, you know uh, context and with even uh, my uh, statement to the effect i'm sorry to bother you here but you know you had said uh, i could hear back from you in a week and i still haven't could be in order right but uh, Meera, by no means i feel candidates and some of them have i have, uh, sharing from experience I've Adopted the route of even stalking recruiters uh, so they will uh, wow. push out messages on whatsapp they will write emails they'll <laughs> yes. also go on to their LinkedIn profiles and drop in notes uh the recruiter is seeing each one of these yes. if there was something to revert he or she would have so yes. there's no point uh stalking or uh, you know unduly uh fu- flooding bombarding. the bombarding them with yes. uh, messages because uh, that's only going to look very unprofessional.
0: Okay, this scenario makes sense to me. Now, let's look at the scenario where you've had a good interview. You've connected well with the hiring manager or whoever was interviewing. And now you haven't heard from them. It's been a week or 10 days. How should they manage that? Who should they be
1: communicating with? So, ideally, the point of contact should be the recruiter for sure. And again, in this case, of simple email to the effect that I was very keen to take up this role and I was very excited about it. Right. Uh, the conversation was very great as well. And I was made to understand that I'll get to hear in about a week's time. Uh, since I haven't heard from you, uh, I just thought I'll drop in a note and request you to kind of update me if you, if you have some updates that you're in. And uh, I'm sorry to trouble you. Uh, just leaving my coordinates here in case you have an update and you want to get back to me. Uh, I'd be looking forward to hear from you and leave it there. I mean, at best, uh, at least, uh, you know, at the back of the recruiter's mind, uh, he or she will have that uh, email reference to pick up quickly in case things move on that position again. So, uh, as a added follow-up, just in case you feel the need, there's no harm, you know, uh, dropping in a note to the hiring manager on LinkedIn okay. or if you do have a uh, connection uh, on that platform. Uh, that would work well also, I would feel, if you've, after the interview, you've gone and dropped in a thank you note or a, uh, it was a pleasure meeting you. Uh, so, uh, because then always there's a context to the conversation that's building up.
0: Absolutely. So, not wait for a week to give that thank you. Finish the interview, within 24 hours, send the thank you note if you have had the chance to connect with the hiring manager or whoever was interviewing. Yeah. And then use that as a connection point to message again if you haven't heard back from them. Correct. Right? So, I really like how you've given the freedom to uh, reach out to or through any professional social media platform. Uh, to reach out and uh, exchange messages if necessary,
1: sure.
0: um, but keeping it professional always. So tell me from your experience, and I'm sure you've experienced
1: <laughs> it. Don't let me started. <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: the question is that what is the worst kind of follow-ups you have seen happen, which you highly advise people not to even do? Mistake, in your view, what is it that people must completely abstain from?
1: exactly what you shared and i think on top of it i think what is more disconcerting for me sometimes and i've seen this happen to some of the lady recruiters in my teams is when uh you know especially male recruiters will drop in a note saying uh beautiful profile pic mm-hmm. and uh any update on my interview
0: oh so now, now that, that is
1: a huge 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 red that really flag. sounds like talking now exactly yeah I get so uh, i think at the end of the day, the recruiter-candidate relationship is professional. It needs to be kept that way. Uh, candidates need to also understand that there are boundaries. And uh, yes, while it may not be a perfect uh, process uh, every time, uh, it needs to be respected for what it's worth. So, uh, so that uh, boundaries, understanding uh, is very key and you know, adhering to them. Got it.
0: Got it. That's, that's very useful. Because I want to take this moment to acknowledge you. For the amount of wisdom that you've shared. And I'll tell you from experience. I get a chance to coach many individuals who are applying for opportunities. I work with them for storytelling on their interviews. Uh, yet a concern that just keeps looming in their background is, Hey, I haven't heard from that recruiter. You hey, I haven't heard from that hiring manager. Um, they haven't responded to my messages. This conversation that we've had is now going to be bookmarked. And I'm going to share this with them. It's like, hey, listen to the expert. Get a different dimension understand a different way of looking at the situation and consider that you would have done the necessary things or consider that there are certain other actions to take. It has been so much of wisdom coming all together. Thank you for being with us
1: on this show. Today. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Workwise with Naukri. I hope you enjoyed listening to us. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this. Also, do share this with your friends who'd benefit from this episode. I'm your host, Pira Swaroop, and you were listening to WorkWise with Nokri, a career podcast from Nokri.com, produced by Wine Studio.